Well, welcome. Thanks for tuning in today. We have, by request, are currently in the process of letting you get to know us a little bit better. And today, we're going to let you get to know Shannon a little bit better if you don't know her already. So stay tuned. When you become a mom, you never imagine your child getting an autism diagnosis. It feels like your dreams have shattered, like a framed photograph falling off your mantle, exploding into a thousand pieces. But instead of trying to glue those pieces back together, this community of moms is here to help you build a new dream, a better one. So join in the conversation as us moms talk autism. All right. Well, <laughs> let's see. What is the oh, very geez. first thing that you would love to ask Shannon if you thought, what don't I know about Shannon? Well, it's hard for me because I feel like we know all the things <laughs> about each other. So it's like, what would you all want to know about Shannon or what have we not told? part of the story. So let's see. Um, I don't think I do know. I don't think I know how you and Jay met mm. actually. Mm. I don't think I know that story. Maybe we haven't Inquiring talked about that. Minds. I do. I remember. Inquiring minds want to know. Well, hopefully I told Brittany the truth because she's going to be able to know. Oh, yeah. Ah. Um, I don't know if I've had enough coffee for this conversation. (laughs) Um, So Jay and I, funnily, um, I had gotten out of a relationship of, I don't know, like a year or two, year and a half. Um, And I decided that I didn't want to be in another relationship, but I was going to sign up for an online dating profile so that I could just go out and have fun and have cute boys buy me dinner and just have a good time. Um, and my husband was one of the first people that I met <laughs> on, on the dating app and we got married. Um, not, it didn't happen that fast. Um, but Jay and I actually dated. He wasn't your first time dating on that app, but he was. No, that was my very first date. First time I'd ever been on the dating app. Really? Well, oh. He wasn't the first date. He was one of the first people that I met. Okay. okay. Um, and he and I, when we were dating, we were still seeing other people. Like we weren't, we were just dating around. We weren't, Yeah, you were having you know, a good time. Yeah. yeah, we were just having fun. And I love the way that you say that, though. I know. She said that so sultry. <laughs> Come on. Tosh oh wants Je- it to be. Jean's not the only one with oh, yeah. some sultry in her little Delilah voice. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> Tell us about it. Tell our audience. We want to know. Um, I'm trying to think. We met in April and we dated other people until I want to say around Halloween is when we decided to only date each other, I believe. And then from there, it moved fairly quickly. It was like we were dating each other only starting October. He told me that he loved me in December. We moved in together in March. We were engaged in July. Dang. 
And then we got married the following year in September. And we did we did a longer engagement because we wanted to get married in Hawaii. So we were trying to give family time to, you know, save up that cash and that uh, tax return money for a Hawaiian <laughs> vacation. Nice. Um, but yeah, it was like my first little dabble dabble into online dating where I was like, I'm not going to be serious. And then I found my husband. So go figure. But our, figure. our audience also needs to remember that you were a mom already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you also weren't just like yeah, out. I already yeah, had Maya. Yeah. You were wanting to find somebody who was a good dad, ready to be a dad. Yes. Yes. Like in game, in game was, you know, finding somebody who was ready to have a real grown up relationship. Yeah. But in the beginning, I'm like, I was just so done with the previous relationship that I just wanted to have fun. I'm like, I just need to like meet fun guys, <laughs> go out for dinner. I like food. <laughs> That's it, Jay. You're the fun guy. That's it. You're the the fun fun guy who feeds me. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Uh, Yay, you. (laughs) So that's how we met. Nice. Yeah. That was very precipitous. Mm -hmm. Um, And and once you guys got married, um, did you guys know you wanted to have kids right away? I know we talked a little bit about that in our, you know, other episode, but did you guys know you wanted to have more so, kids or was it a process? Well, I mean, in the beginning, when we were first serious with one another, Jay was not sure if he wanted to have, because we had mm-hmm. Maya. Um, right. and he had asked me before, like, would you be okay with just Maya? Um, and I would have been, but I also did want another child. And then he eventually got to the point where he wanted another child. So before we got married, I had uh, taken out my IUD because, you know, they say it can take a while to get everything moving the way it should. Um, and so we just, you know, we're very careful around cycles as to not get pregnant um, pre-marriage. And my husband will very um, happily tell you that we conceived Gracie on our wedding night in Hawaii. Oh. And he ah. thinks he thinks that he is the one and only human who did that on his own. <laughs> Um, I do so try proud. to, I do try to say that I actually did have a part mm-hmm. in that a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's, he's very proud of that fact. So, and we know it was our wedding night because he had to leave Hawaii the next day. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, After, oh, yeah. that's right. Uh-huh. For work, he had to leave. So Maya and I stayed and finished the honeymoon while Jay went back to work. Nice. Yeah. I know. Right? Oh gosh. <laughs> it was a great time. Oh my God. What else you got? Let's so, go. Come on. So yeah. So oh. I mean, let's talk about Gracie, right? Unless Tasha, you have something else. No, I was just gonna say. So was Jay in? Was he in the police department already working for the police department? Or okay, mm-hmm. so that so he just ha- yeah. he had to go back to work. It wasn't like he was like in the academy or anything like that. Yeah, they were having like a testing process and stuff, and there was like it was just one of those things that couldn't be rescheduled. Mm-hmm. It was then or yeah. never. So he had to go okay. back. Um, but he had been with the department before. I oh, he was okay. So. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yuppers. Yeah. So tell us about the, All right. tell us about the, so here's, here's Gracie. Mm-hmm. She comes, she blesses you with her presence according all thanks to Jay. Mm-hmm. So what does, <laughs> what is, what does Jay have to give you here? I know it was all thanks to Jay. I, I had no part <laughs> in conceiving Gracie. It was all, him. <laughs> um, Gracie, um, it was funny because I had this, like, I had this thing, like when I had Maya, I had to be induced because I 
when I, I found out when I was pregnant with Maya that I had thyroid cancer and scary time I had to be induced with Maya. So like, I didn't ever get to have that birth, right. Where you're like, Oh my gosh, my water Mm -hmm. broke. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, I never went through that. And with Gracie, I knew she was going to be my last because we weren't planning on having more. And I really wanted to go through that. Um, but with Gracie, my blood pressure was really high. Mm. And so they had to monitor me at the end very, very closely. And also I have to be monitored much closer because I don't have a thyroid gland. They removed it. Um, so I, (laughs) they were getting ready to, um, put me on bed rest. And I thought it was funny because in Jay's episode, he's like, I want to say she stopped working at six months. You guys, they put me on bed rest three days before I had great. Oh, <laughs> nice. Jay. I was Come like, on, Jay. Our dates are a little off here <laughs> because it was a Friday and they were worried about my blood pressure. So I had to take the note back to the office and give it to my boss. And he's like, all right. And I ended up having her the following Monday. Um, But this is Gracie. Okay, so I go into the appointment on Monday where they were going to tell me if they were inducing me or not. And so I'm sitting in the waiting room and I am angry because I'm like, this baby is going to make me get induced. I'm like trying to keep myself calm because I'm like, get that blood pressure down. It's going to be okay. Um, And they call my name and I stand up in the waiting room and all of a sudden there is water trickling down my legs. (gasps) And I was like, hello. "Um, Really? I either my just water peed just on broke. The floor I just peed or myself. My water broke. <laughs> <laughs> and so the lady um, up front was just laughing because she thought it was hilarious. And I was like, I'm gonna have my baby. Like I was just so excited <laughs> that it was like gonna go my way. And um so we went in and she tested the water and she's like, Yeah, this is, you know, amniotic fluid. So you're in. And she's like, Are you okay to drive yourself? And I was like, Yeah, because at that point I wasn't like contracting hard or anything like that. And Mm -hmm. I get out to the car and my boss at the time, um, his wife was an NP for an OBGYN office. And he had given me, they're like puppy pads, but for humans, (laughs) right? And um, he had given them to me for my car. And he's like, just in case you go into labor, like you can sit on one of these and it'll yeah, you know, suck keep up all the keep stuff. your seat clean. What a strange thing to give someone, isn't it? But we were very close. Like, and his wife is amazing. But um, well, I'm not going to lie. That was one of my questions. I said, please tell me they strapped on some you know, kind of diaper, diaper yeah. and gave you a pad <laughs> for the car. No. So I'm really actually glad that you cleared that part no. up. <laughs> they, they didn't actually give me anything though. Now that I think about it, but so I well, somebody I gave get me a pad. <laughs> right. Well, I got to the car and I reached over to get the pad, and it was like. like all this water started coming out and I was like oh god so I put the pad down I get in the car and here's the thing when I had Maya I went in to get an amniocentesis and they couldn't find enough fluid so I immediately went to labor and delivery and they induced me Mm. right so I was starving because I'd had no food with that birth so this time I'm like oh no no (laughs) I'm I'm going to Wendy's right (laughs) so I go to Wendy's. It's across the street and I'm I'm starting to have contractions. I'm starting to have contractions. And I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, if I bring an iced tea, they'll let me keep it because it's clear, right? Okay, so I'm going to get the iced tea. And I got, like, I don't know, a junior bacon (laughs) cheeseburger or something. I I don't remember. I need a Frosty Because I'm like, I knew they weren't going to feed me. So I was like, all right. So, no. And then I get up to the window to pay and I hand the lady the cash and she drops it onto the parking lot. And I was like... 
So I'm literally in labor. I've got amniotic fluid coming out and I'm like opening my door. I was like, hold on. <laughs> and I'm like trying to get the money to pay for my cheeseburger oh my God. <sighs> in labor. But I was not going to leave without a cheeseburger. <laughs> um, and then I just walked my happy butt into labor and delivery and I had eaten my cheeseburger in four seconds on the drive happy, over. You're happy, very wet butt. <laughs> yes, I was, I was wet. I was waddling in with my, you know, hospital bag and amniotic fluid on my leggings <laughs> and, um, it was glorious. I'm like, this is one of those experiences that you just have to giggle at. But by then, like my contractions were getting there. Right. So I was like, get me, get me in a bed and drug me right this second. Um, I will not go through the whole birth story because that could take forever and ever. But I just that Gracie, her Gracie's entire story is she will come when she is damn well ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And just her birth and her labor were like, that should be the example. Yeah, it was like I should have known from that moment forward, like exactly how Gracie's life was going to be. (laughs) <laughs> and she came out this like adorable, so quiet. I called her little bird. It's the reason I have the bird tattoo on my wrist because I called her little bird because in the hospital, she was the quietest baby and she made the cutest, tiniest little sounds. Mm. And so I got a little bird tattooed on my wrist. And now everyone knows that Gracie's the furthest thing <laughs> from a quiet little bird. She's like the polar opposite of a quiet little bird, which is hilarious. Um but also not shocking in any way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> but that's Gracie. Yeah, I love, I love it too. I did not know this story, and I'm so glad you told it on here for everyone to hear forever and ever. <laughs> I told you I don't mess around with food. Yeah, like, sorry. No. Now it's quite apparent. Now we we totally see the picture. <laughs> I was like, I totally have ten minutes to get a cheeseburger. It's gonna be fine. Oh, we survive. We made. Oh my it. gosh! This is why we're friends, Shannon. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. You know, it's a priority. Exactly. Gotta keep that blood sugar. Oh gosh, Shannon. <laughs> <clears throat> so, so uh, Shan, Shan, Shan. Mm-hmm. So, kind of walk us down a little bit of um, memory lane, then with with like Gracie and what what it looked like as she was developing. Kind of what the um, you know when did the red when, flag when start? did yeah when did the right. signs for you yeah. happen? Um, so Gracie, I feel like was pretty typically developing up until she was probably 10 or 11 months of age. Um, she was babbling. She, she didn't have any words. She was babbling a lot. Um, she was very interactive. She made eye contact. She giggled. Um, she thought I have these videos of me barking at Bruce, who's one of our dogs. And then Bruce would bark back at me and Gracie would just like laugh hysterically. Like this little baby just thought it was the funniest thing. Um, super interactive. And, um, the signs that we were worried about were right around that 10 month to 12 month range. And, she was not answering to her name. And then she also has what I call um, selective um, hearing. <laughs> so my, my was, teenagers have that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. funny, right? Her started right. very early um, to the point where the doctor actually had us get a hearing test because they thought she had hearing loss. Um And I know Jay talked about a lot of that in his episode, so I won't go into that too much. Um, But before the autism diagnosis, they thought that she may actually have hearing Mm. loss and talked to us about cochlear implants and like all of these other things. Um, And 
I could have told you from the get-go that she didn't have hearing loss because she would be playing upstairs and she'd hear Mickey Mouse downstairs and Homegirl would book it downstairs because she heard her favorite show. So it's like this isn't a hearing mm-hmm. thing, right? There's there's more than this. Um And so at that 12-month checkup, we talked to the doctor about it, and that is where he um, did the, what's the name of the screening gene? I can't. M-chat. Yes, the M-chat. He did the M-chat. And her score was high enough that he got the ball rolling on um, the early intervention referrals and that sort of thing. So we were really lucky because with the early intervention, we were able to start that around 18 months with Gracie, which is so early to be able to get. That's all amazing. of that done. Yeah. And I've I have heard that our pediatrician um, has a son who's autistic. So I think that I now have not just bluntly asked him that, but I have heard that he does. And I think that that would explain, obviously, mm-hmm. his um, his eye to like really paying attention to that, which I feel like was such a blessing mm-hmm. to us. Yeah. yeah. So started started that early intervention at 18 months. We did in-home speech. We did in-home a little bit of PT, not a lot. And then we did um, some out-of-the-home occupational therapy, which Gracie loved. It was her absolute favorite. Um, and then we still do OT and speech to this day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. yeah. And, and so, again, how, when was her formal diagnosis? How old was she exactly? So her formal diagnosis, we were on a ridiculously long waiting list to see a developmental pediatrician, Mm -hmm. um, which is basically the way it goes, I think, everywhere, unfortunately. And we were lucky enough to get in early because somebody had a cancellation and it was a complete joke of an appointment. Mm -hmm. Um, They spent hardly any time with her and decided that she was just way too gray area to diagnose. Um, Gracie always made eye contact. And so because she was making eye, to- eye contact, they just assumed that she very likely didn't have autism, which I think if you are trained as a developmental pediatrician, right. I would hope that you would know that not all autistic children <laughs> have the same things. Um, that was not the case. And I left that appointment feeling extremely frustrated and um they wanted us to come back in a year. And I was like, I can't go a year. Mm-hmm. I cannot go a year without an answer because you would only spend 15 minutes with my daughter. And um, so I found a integrative developmental pediatrician in town that um, we had to pay out of pocket for. But Jay, again, talked a lot about that in his episode, but she spent hours and hours. The first appointment was with Jay and myself without Gracie. The second appointment was with Gracie, and she spent four hours with Gracie. She sat on the floor with her. She played with her. She talked to her. Um, And it was just the most in-depth doctor's appointment I've ever Mm had. Um, And... I personally, I'm not all about curing autism. I don't think that Gracie needs to be cured. I do enjoy integrative doctors in that they try to find ways to help your body that focus on the area that needs to be healed and not masking things with medication, basically. Um, And I did know that a lot of autistic children have gut issues, and I wanted to work with a doctor anyway who would help me with that, help me, you know, make sure that I'm taking care of Gracie in the best way that I possibly can so that she's feeling her best and functioning her best. Um, And that was one of the best decisions I made, even if it just came down to the diagnosis itself, because she was willing to spend I mean, it was an eight-hour process between Jay and I's appointment and Gracie's appointment. 
Um, and she was just so willing to spend the time with Gracie. And we ended up leaving that day with the diagnosis. And to this day, people still look at the diagnosis. It's like seven pages long. And we actually just had to have Gracie re-diagnosed at six. Um, and it's even longer this time. It is just the longest, most well-written diagnosis. Um, and people are awesome. always like, oh, wow, when they see her diagnosis, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so thorough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, a full comprehensive Yeah. I mean, analysis. it talks about everything. Yeah. yeah. And she's very into like all of things like that. Like, you know, stool, we want to look at her stool and like, what does that look mm-hmm. like? And, you know, just, she's very, very thorough. The whole, she's um, looking at the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's never been about curing Gracie. Right. It's just been, how do we best care for Gracie and make sure that she's, you know, feeling the best that she can. So, um, and that was pivotal. Just making that choice to look past what that first doctor said um, was a game changer when it came to getting Gracie the services, especially through the state that she needed. Because at that time, I didn't want to hear that she had autism. I was not excited about being told autism. I was petrified about autism. But I also knew in my heart that something was going on and that I was not going to be able to give her what she needed until we knew exactly what was going on. So leaving that appointment, um, you know, obviously bittersweet because I didn't know how to handle the diagnosis. Um, I didn't know how I felt about it, but I also left with the ability to move forward making a plan for Gracie. And, um, if you know anything about me, I have to have a plan. <laughs> Literally power, all the time, right? Every single day. Um, so <laughs> I, I wanted to just ask then, what did that, <clears throat> what did that feel like for you then? Because, you know, you said you weren't ready for the diagnosis, um, but you obviously no. had an inkling that something was going on and you kind of knew about autism a little bit, I'm assuming. Safe to say. Um, I knew a, a, little. a little bit mm-hmm. about autism. And then I think, you know, as you are kind of going through when you start to hear autism, right. then you start looking stuff right. up. And then it becomes more and more prevalent in the conversations you're having. So then you're reading a little bit more. Um, I was not ready for it. I've told you guys before, I've posted about it before that I could not even bring myself to say that she had autism for almost a year. Mm. Um, and for a long time, it was Gracie has autism, not Gracie's autistic. Like I, I struggled with that transition Mm -hmm. a little bit also. Um, and it took me probably about a year to get there. And my fear wasn't you know, about Gracie. I loved Gracie. Gracie, you know, was the same crazy, silly Gracie as she was before we got the diagnosis. Nothing about Gracie had changed in the diagnosis. Um, What changed was the ability that I had now to provide for her better than I had before. Um, And it was nothing about her not being enough as she was. I was petrified that I wasn't enough. Yeah. I was petrified that I didn't know how to parent her and that I was going to let her down. That's a good, it had nothing to do with her. That's a good dis- I think we've disting- all felt that. you know to yeah. distinguish that because I I feel like, you know, most people can't say that, you know, they're 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 yeah. not upset because their child is still the same child like you said. Gracie is Gracie is Gracie's mm-hmm. been Gracie the whole time, you know, but you mm-hmm. feeling like you weren't enough or weren't worthy to care for her needs now, you know. Mm-hmm. And how was I, like, how how am I supposed to know what she right. needs? And how am I supposed to know what the next step is? And how am I going to fit all of this education that I need to learn and all of this, you know, 
advocating? How do I fit this into my life? And how do I make it work? And, you know, am, am I capable of learning what I need to learn? And um, I think that that is where a lot of the overwhelm comes from, you know, when we get that diagnosis. Um, so there were nights that I, you know, I rock Gracie to sleep every single night. And there were nights that I would rock her to sleep and I would lay her down on her toddler bed and I would just pray over her in tears, mm. just crying. And again, it wasn't necessarily because of the diagnosis. It was just like, please help me to do what I need to yeah. do. Like, show me the next right. step. Show me show me the direction that I need to go because I just had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 a really profound distinction. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but and I do think, you know, the other caveat does exist for parents too, in that they don't want to give up their idea of what they thought parenting would be like. Um, so there's definitely layers to that, and you never know without being able to sit down to have that conversation with those individual parents mm-hmm. to know that that is exact. What, what is it exactly like that's compounding, you know, your grief over this, because I don't think anyone realizes what it's like you hear, you know, Oh, you're grieving the child that you thought you were going to have. Well, it's not exactly like that it's not, it's not that it's not, not sad Hmm. about that. I'm, I'm basically sad because I don't know what I'm doing now. I thought I knew what I was doing and now Mm -hmm. I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to do. And that's like what I hear come through. And it's scary. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just going to say, you you know, Shannon, you can speak on that a little, you know, a little bit to the fact that, um, you know, you had Maya, you know, you had this typical daughter who was how old? How old was Maya when you got Gracie's diagnosis? Um, so they're nine years apart. So Maya okay. would be close to 11 okay. at that point. Yeah. So you, you and it raised was, this, it was this typical daughter for 11 years, you know, and you have this thought process of what, what parenting looks like. Right. And now you're shifting yeah. that. Well, so and what that, did that look like, like? What I did feel that like, feel like, like I, I feel like I almost got lucky that they were so far apart because, because they were so far apart, it was harder to compare how they were at each age. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing about me, I have a terrible memory. So throw that in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Maya was already 11, but the, there was a vast difference in the way that my children acted. And Maya, mm-hmm. you know, I was a single mom to Maya until I met Jay when she was six. And um, Maya was my sidekick. She was like, I was Batman. Mm-hmm. She was Robin. We did all the things together. Mm-hmm. Like, she was my buddy. We did dinner together. We went to U of A tailgate together. Like, we, there were all of these things. Um And there are a lot of those things that I can't do with Gracie. Um, So that was hard, right? Like starting to realize that, well, at this age with Maya, we were doing these things. And that's Mm -hmm. not what this looks like anymore. Um, Maya was always like very early on her milestones, you know, like she's always been 
my oldest is she's a great kid. She's just responsible and she's caring and she does great in school. Um, and so it's just been a very vast, like vastly different experience parenting yeah. Gracie. Um, it has taught me a lot, though, to the point where I actually look back at Maya's childhood and I am like almost sad that I didn't celebrate more. And it's not that we didn't celebrate Maya, yeah. but yeah. when Maya was growing up, her milestones were expected. It was expected to happen, right? Like this is when you do this and this is when you do that. And oh, mm-hmm. she's on track. And raising Gracie, we have learned that milestones are huge. Like when they hit certain things, right. it is a cause to celebrate. So we have celebrated so many things for Gracie that were never celebrated for Maya because they were just expected, right? And um, I think it's amazing. I think we should celebrate these kids, you know. All the time, yeah. To the moon when they do these awesome things, yeah. Um, But it does sort of make you look at how you parent your typical kids a little bit different, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but I I will say, Shannon, I, I look at Maya and I just think, just because of the way that, um, you know, your family dynamic is now, um, mm-hmm. that she is even more of an incredible human than she was, you know, previously. She's just, Gracie adds to her complexity of, of her just, you know, personality of who, who she is, how, how she will be in, when she grows up, you know, to be an adult and what she will do in this world. I mean... Well, Gracie has enriched, enriched her, life. her life. Yes. yes. So, so yeah. much, you know. And yeah, and Maya's already an empath. Like Maya's right. incredibly sensitive and wonderful and amazing. Um, but Maya has a new way of looking at the world um, that is better because of Gracie. And so while I do feel bad at times because our family world revolves a lot around Gracie and her needs and her schedule and her Mm. therapies and all of that. Um, You know, there's definitely guilt associated with all of that, but I do think that there's also so many things that Maya has gotten out of it in the way that she can look at the world in the way that she, as a sophomore in high school can be more empathetic for people who have differences and don't act the same. And instead of just Mm -hmm. writing them off as weird or writing them off as, you know, other words that we won't talk about that people call people who are different. Um, Maya now sits back and says, well, maybe they're a little like Gracie, you Mm -hmm. know, maybe there's something going on and maybe they're a little bit like Gracie. And she's been able to share that mindset with, you know, friends at school who may automatically default to the, oh, he's so weird, you know, um, and just gives them a little bit of a different view. The other thing that I thought was really cool with Maya was um, they she was in a debate class and they had to debate screen time. And um, Maya was pro, pro screen time on her side of the debate. That's where <laughs> she was assigned. Um, but her, her argument was automatically, but what about kids with special needs who learn so well from electronics, right? So it's like she was yeah. able to bring in a whole different viewpoint that's mm-hmm. very valid because Gracie has learned now I'm not saying I need to sit her on the couch for 23 hours a day with an iPad by any means, but you know, there are benefits to screen time, mm-hmm. especially, you know, for some of our kiddos that are very visual learners. Um, and so it has, it's just really given her a broader sense of the world and the people in it. And that just because mm-hmm. people don't act the way she thinks that they should, you know, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with them. Yeah. 
Another cool thing I would love for everyone to hear that is cool about Maya, uh, you know, she's a great student and a great scholar and a great athlete, but her language class, what mm. is the language that she's taking? Mm. Maya decided to take ASL. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. To help her And you know what? Better. That's not, and that's, and that's not standard in all no. of our schools. Nope. And I feel like Mm-mm. it should be. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the trustee in me that really wants that to be a language choice because yesterday, fun fact, as I was even getting my hair cut, the guy that has the station right next to where you check in, he ended up having a deaf mm-hmm. client and he was using ASL talking with mm-hmm. him. And I mm-hmm. was like, Ugh, the world, mm-hmm. this is the world needs more mm-hmm. of this. Like, look at what, look at what he Look at this opportunity that he just created. Look at this experience this human is now going to have. And they just gets to have this experience like the, you know, anyone else. Um, mm-hmm. It's just uh, so, so important. So I really commend her for that choice. And I'm so proud of her and I'm not her mom. <laughs> well, and and I will say well, to, to you, Shannon, I'm all of us, I, I will speak for all of us that, you know, you may not feel like you, um, you know, that, that Maya has, that everything's surrounded around Gracie, but, but I can guarantee Maya is, she loves her life and you guys do an incredible job of celebrating her just as much as you do, you know, Gracie. So you're, you're a great mom, Shan. Oh, well, thank you. It gets hard, right? It gets hard because you get so focused on all the other things. Yes. You know, you have a first responder husband. I'm so glad. You are the the leader of the small army. I'm the leader of the pack. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so we were really glad that that her school offered ASL. And then we were really glad that she was willing to take ASL um, because Gracie does seem to do better with combinations of verbal speech Mm. with a sign. So the two of them together seem to really help Gracie. So now we're telling Maya, like, you've got to, now you're going to have to teach us everything you learn so that, you know, so that we can learn. Mm. Um, But she's also been looking into their school actually has a really cool PE program where, um, I forgot the name of it, but the neurotypical kids can sign up to be in a PE class with the higher needs kids and oh. they're like their peers and they're paired together and then they help them through PE. So they play the games with them and teach them how Ooh, and they help them through so it. Cool. And um, so her goal is a she cool really, way of doing adaptive PE. Yeah, I love yeah. that because you're doing it with your peers. Yeah. And so she's mm-hmm. trying trying her hardest to get into that class next year because she's really, really excited about that. And um she loves it. She's on the track team and she actually volunteered to, she's working the Special Olympics track meet this weekend oh, awesome. too, which I think is mm. cool. And she just has learned a lot from Gracie mm-hmm. and it's great to see her bloom in ways because of it, because there are hardships that come along with it too. Yeah, so right. it's at least good to see that like the hardships are producing these very positive things. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, Yeah. So Shannon, what are you guys doing currently for Gracie? What does what does life with Gracie look like right now? Well, yesterday it looked like throwing her over my shoulder and carrying her to the bus on a field trip. Um, right? But days days look different. <laughs> <laughs> I tell everyone I work out because I have to be stronger than Gracie, and Gracie's really strong. Um, Gracie currently is in first grade, and she goes to school 
full day. Um, she's in an integrated program. So she spends part of the day with the general education class and the other part of the day with bridge, which is what they call the, you know, special, special education department. Um, and she does speech therapy, OT. She loves to swim and our pool is finally getting warm enough for her to swim in. Um, so we do a lot of that stuff with Gracie. Gracie likes anything active. She likes to run. She likes to climb. She wants to swing. She wants to wrestle. Um, she is very big on, you know, heavy input in all things. Mm -hmm. Um, we are struggling currently with Gracie, um, She's having some frustration, and I'm sure it comes from, you know, the, I don't want to say the inability to communicate because she can, but the frustration that comes with trying mm -hmm. to communicate with people who are not like mm -hmm. her. Um, and also with apraxia, it takes, you know, if, if you guys are not familiar with apraxia, it's, you know, having what you want to say in your brain and getting it to come out is very, very difficult. There's so many things that have to fire between your brain and your mouth mm. to get that to happen. Um, and so that gets really frustrating. So um, we're trying to work our way through that frustration. Um, we're also seeing that She's getting older and she has her own way that she feels like things need to go. And when they don't go the way she feels like they need to go, there is a lot of frustration that comes along with that. And trying to find a balance between um, a balance between, I don't want to say punishing, but, you know, having her realize that there are standards and there are certain ways that we act and other ways that we don't act. But then also allowing her to advocate for herself when she does want something. Mm -hmm. Um, because so anytime, mm -hmm. well, yeah. it is. And, and when you have a non-speaking child, um, you know, any way that they can communicate with you, you don't want to shut it down, right. you know, just because, you know, of a certain thing. So, you know, I think it's like, it's like when you parent your, your neurotypical kids, you know, Maya hit 12 and she was a tween and I'm like, oh my God, I got you not know how to parent you. Like this is a whole new ball game, right? Um, so I feel like Gracie hit, you know, six and it's like, okay, we're, we're inching into a whole new different type of parenting where you're not this cute little toddler anymore who sometimes get mad, you know, gets mad about things. Like you're becoming your own person now and you do have your own desires and she's strong willed, you know? And so really trying to figure out that balance of, you know, where do we draw the line? And then where do we really allow her to come in and advocate for herself and what she wants? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can't yeah. tell you how because we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to get an update. <laughs> what would you um, – <clears throat> oh, sorry, Brittany. Go ahead. Oh, I think you're going to ask the same question. I was go just going to say, um, Shannon, what, what would your – what would your biggest advice be to our community out there in just, um, you know, walking through the diagnosis pro pro process and then, you know, continuing on through that? I know. I think it's like, <laughs> I think we evolved so much, mm -hmm. right? Um, like I'm a completely different human than I was when Gracie turned two and she was diagnosed. I think that, um, 
you have to go with your gut and you have to push because if we would not have gone with our gut and we would not have pushed for that second appointment, it could have been a year or two before Gracie got the diagnosis that she needed anyway. So I think if if you and your intuition is telling you that there is something going on, you have to follow it. You just have to keep pushing because no one else is going to advocate the way that you would for your child and they can't do it themselves. Mm. Um, I think again, realizing that Gracie never changed was very comforting to me during that diagnosis. Um, I would be stressed out. I would be overwhelmed. I would be upset. Um, and I would see her like in the living room doing her huge belly laugh that will just like turn your entire day around. And it's like, it's the same belly laugh. It's the same kid. Like she has not changed at all. And that was very comforting to me during those times. So I think if you, if you can remind yourself of that, um, I would stay out of Facebook groups. <laughs> um, because quite honestly, Facebook groups got me more upset and more stressed out than they helped. Um, mm-hmm. I would, I had another one. I would I mean, be her, aware. What? Oh, go ahead, girls. No. I was just going to say, it's very interesting that you mentioned the Facebook group thing because um, Doug listened to Tiffany's episode um, when we had our guest on, uh, Tiffany Hammond, and he commented on that. And Tiffany mentioned how she got into Facebook groups and it was very frustrating for her. And she quickly got very, um, it was the opposite of helpful Mm -hmm. um, in her experience. And he just, he just, he just commented, I'm I'm so glad you never really got into that. Mm -hmm. It sounds like it wouldn't have been a good place for you to go. So anyway, that's it. Yeah. That's- and I think that you're lucky that you're not big on social media, right? Because my immediate yeah. instinct when we got the diagnosis was, okay, I need to find other families like mm-hmm. ours. And the best way to do that, right. the quickest, easiest way is a type on the keyboard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, right. I would, I, I would protect your peace. I would realize that a lot of parents that are posting in those groups are also stressed out and overwhelmed and they don't know what to do. And then they're posting about it and then you're consuming what they're mm-hmm. posting. And then now you are now taking on their worries and their fears. Um, and not a whole lot gets solved mm-hmm. in those Facebook groups, unfortunately. Um, protecting your peace. Yeah. Protecting your peace is really, really, really key. And if you are going through the beginning of this diagnosis, you have to start taking yourself seriously. You have to start taking care of yourself seriously. And you need to do it now if you are in the beginning of the diagnosis, because if you don't do it, it's going to get harder and harder and harder as you go through it, because this life is all consuming. Mm -hmm. And I like, I don't want to sound negative, but you have fight after fight after fight ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And you have to be prepared for that. And if you're not taking care of yourself physically and mentally, it is going to wear on you. I take care of myself physically and mentally and it wears on me. So I think that that would be one of my biggest pieces of advice is figure out a way now. Burnout is is a real thing. Yes, it is. It 100% is. When you get to the point where you can't make a decision about what's for dinner, you're burned out already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you going to so say, true. Jean? Oh, well, then I am in just a constant <laughs> burnout. Mm-hmm. I'm in a constant season of burnout. I only, I'd say I like know what I'm going to make for dinner or what we're doing for dinner, at least maybe one day out of the month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I'm at right now. Um, but to 
piggyback what you're saying about the Facebook groups. And I think this is really, really important because I learned a very similar lesson that both, you know, the shared experience of Tiffany and Shannon's and that it's, it's not saying don't ever do it. It's Mm -hmm. you have to, what you don't know before that is that you have to niche down in the type Mm -hmm of autism Facebook group you're going to be in, right? And what ended up changing for me was that I found a community before our, you know, before our community that we've created here on um, Instagram, but you found more, I found people I was more aligned with on Instagram and their individual things. And then if they, let's say they have a group, you know, then you could sort of, that's how you can kind of like tailor your way better into a more productive, constructive type of Facebook social media group. But if you're just like on the broad general, like it says everybody autism mom group, it is danger, danger, red flags, (laughs) can't stop it enough, caution tape, like just not, it, it is, it's really not good for you. So, um, yeah, that's what I wanted to, I wanted to add on to that. Um, <laughs> anything else, anything spicy, anything that, what's something random that no one knows about? You? Oh, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I or don't do you want to truth or dare? I mean, I don't know. Well, I mean, I will do it, but you truth. have to choose truth because it'd be hard to do a dare on here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I can, I can do a truth. I'm trying to think of random things about me. I don't, I don't eat chicken on the bone. I mean, is that weird? I don't know. Oh, geez. That one comes to mind. Oh, come on. That's kind of boring. Wait a minute. No, what about that's a not boring. I'm sorry, Shannon. I love you, but I struggle with that. <laughs> We're well, still, it's a good thing you yeah, don't you're cook not me dinner. Person. I know lots we're, of people that We're do. still when best I... of friends, Shannon, but. <laughs> when you bite into a chicken leg. I know lots of people that struggle away, with on the bone. And you pull away. There's things that come out at you. If everybody could see my fingers, they would see what I'm doing right now. You've got like these tendons and things oh, that people are just know. looking at you when you mm-hmm. bite. Mm-hmm. And I can't. Oh, I also can't clean out next, my own hairbrush. Next, next. Jay cleans out my hairbrush. Oh, gosh. No, I know because you guys, I cleaned out Shannon's hairbrush when we were on vacation together at the beach. Yes. And she had to leave the room because she was dry heaving. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Interesting. There was so I much hair. Like back to everyone has a sensory profile. Yeah. Well, that, that is apparent. That's what, that's what I'm hearing right now. Shannon. That's I'm yeah. hearing some. Next time. Some big aversion. Next time we're on vacation together, you oh, and I even, are gonna, we're, we're going to work through yeah. this, okay, friend? No, step, no, step, because some even, ex- even the therapy. sound, even the sound of it, I can't handle. <laughs> so, like, even if I'm in the other room and I can hear somebody pulling the hair out of the brush, like, I will dry heat. It's horrifying. <laughs> oh my gosh! And everybody, I, I that is, is Shannon. <laughs> yes. We hope you learned a lot today. We did. Um, believe it or not, after all the amount of times that we could talk, talk, and talk, I learned so true. much. Oh, Shannon. It's true. I love you. you know, We're, we uh, love you, Shannon. And we really, we all commend you and look up to yes. you. I think I can speak for all of us when I say that you have done a fabulous job of balancing your um, your needs Ooh, and your self-care. I know. Get over it. Get over it, Jane. You talked about that. 
We've talked about it, but it's the easiest way to describe it, right? That everyone understands that yes, you have your boundaries and you have, you are very, you're a strong advocate for your own self-care and you have inspired and taught all Mm -hmm. of us how to do better at that. And we hope, you know, we hope our community can feel that too when you get on and you talk to them because she does a really, really great job, everybody. And um, not that She's perfect, <laughs> but I think she's pretty. No, I'm close, I'm perfect. So. Just gonna- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well then, she fine. She you is. guys, she- I'm- <clears throat> she's pat. She's patting herself yeah, on the back. Blushing. <laughs> yeah. a long time. Hey, anyone else need any affirmations? You just come on down our way. <laughs> we got you. <gasps> oh, girls, love you bunches. This has been great. great. Yes, Shannon. Thank you for sharing your story with us. And share what you've learned with us, everyone that listens. We want to hear what your takeaways are um, because we never know what's going to land with people, what's going to like really speak to them. Mm -hmm. So we know that each of our stories and moments in our lives resonate with everyone in different ways. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really important, which is why we are sharing our stories with the world. So thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next Moms Talk Autism, Moms Talk Autism installment. <laughs> <laughs> like, follow, subscribe. And all of the above. And all of the above. All right, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.